everybody, this is Carlo, also known as Tiff, uh, and this is Tiff's monthly movie loot. For those that didn't listen to my intro episode, I'll be talking about the films I watch as part of my monthly movie challenge, films that have to meet a specific criteria for a specific month. Uh, each month I come up with 15 random criteria or categories and then try to watch films that fit those criteria. Uh, so I'm going to jump right in with the first category. An anthology film. So the first film I watched for this year and month was The Ballad of Buster Scruggs uh, for the category of an anthology film. Uh, the film, directed and written by the Coen brothers, uh, it follows a series of separate stories, all set in the Old West. Uh, it features performances by James Franco, Liam Neeson, uh, Clancy Brown, Stephen Root, among many others. Um, as is usual with most Coen films, I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, it made me laugh. It, it, uh, every segment, every story has a different tone, uh, but they all work particularly well with each other. Uh, from the hilarity of the eponymous first segment to the bleakness of uh, Mill Ticket or the more existential vibes of uh, The Mortal Remains. Uh, every every segment works really, really well. Uh, that said, uh, I think I really enjoy the first one the most. Tim Blake Nelson is hilarious as the title character, uh, Buster Scruggs, and the way the, the whole story unfolded was really a perfect setup for the rest of the film. Uh, there's a line that... that Pretty much uh, uh, serves as the as the uh, theme of the of the films. Uh, you can be top dog forever, and and that really extends to to each and every segment on the film. So pretty good. I really recommend it. An animated film. So my second film of the month was an animated film, uh, I Lost My Body, which is currently nominated for Best Animated Feature Oscar. It is a French film directed and written by Jeremy Clapin. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that half as well as I should. Uh, this this film was a surprise. It, it has an extremely creative premise uh, where we follow a severed hand as it tries to get back to its or his body. Uh, in the meantime, we have flashbacks and glimpses of the life of Nofel, the quote-unquote owner of the hand. Um, this, is, this is another one that I really liked. It is a very poignant film. The story is touching, the way it's told is, uh, like I said, creative. The animation is very clean and smooth. Um, it, it has a really good message at the end. This is one that has stuck in the back of my mind for a while, so uh, another strong recommendation from me. A film about cops or law enforcement? This category, a film about cops or law enforcement, it was in honor of Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, which was January 16. So my third film of the month was The French Connection. This is one I had been meaning to watch for a while. And not only because it won a Best Picture Oscar, but it features two great actors, uh, Gene Hackman and Roy Scheider, as a couple of detectives that set out to capture a French heroin smuggler. Uh, unlike many films of the cop genre or, or, or films that we're accustomed to, uh, I thought it was very grounded and very down-to-earth. It didn't try to glamorize nor demean the profession. It reminded me a bit of Bullet in that respect. But I liked how it showed uh, the lives of those cops as not necessarily glamorous and that the protagonists are not clean-cut heroes. Uh, there's uh, a, a lot of gray areas there in how Hackman and Scheider behave. Uh, they both are pretty good in their roles. The action and direction are, are very tight. Uh, if anything, I think I would have liked a bit more insight into who Popeye Doyle, uh, Hackman's character, uh, who he was. But I still liked it a lot. The first film from any director you like. 
So for this category, the first film from any director, uh, I chose Peter Jackson's Bad Taste, which was released in 1987. This one was certainly an interesting watch. Uh, I was already familiar with Jackson's pre-Lord of the Rings sensibilities and his shift towards more serious stuff. I saw both uh, Brain Dead and Heavenly Creatures back in the 90s, so I wasn't as surprised by it as others might be. Uh, but it was still a, a very rough and unpolished film uh, in terms of the performances, the production values, the special effects and all that. Um, but it was a fun watch. It, it, it's really a, a funny film. Uh, I laugh often. Uh, and I really enjoyed uh, the, the old guy that played the main alien. He was pretty good. He had some really good lines. Uh, if anything, it is interesting to see where the guy that brought us Lord of the Rings started. A film from the 1900s. My fifth film of the month was a film from the 1900s. Uh, it was brought to my attention by a Twitter friend, Gerardo Rodriguez. So thanks, man. Uh, the film was directed by Cecil Hepworth and Lewin Fitzhammond. It was released in 1905. Uh, it could very well be the precursor of Lassie or Rintintin. Uh, the film follows Robert, a dog that, spoiler alert, manages to rescue the family baby after he is kidnapped by a beggar woman. And like the Great Train Robbery, uh, the film is groundbreaking for being one of cinema's first attempts to introduce a story uh, rather than just show mundane tasks being filmed like people waiting for a train or people going to a store, driving a car, etc. Uh, the direction and editing were particularly good for the time. Uh, it has a runtime of approximately seven minutes and it can be easily found on YouTube. So if you're curious about the birth of film, it's an interesting watch. Check it out. A film with a title that starts with the letter Zorgi. Sixth film of the month, uh, a film with a title that starts with the letters A or B. I saw Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, if I were to use single terms to describe it, I would say uh, charming, fun, odd, uh, crazy. For those that haven't heard of it, the film is a weird mishmash of a zombie apocalypse film with a musical. Uh, it follows a group of high schoolers as they try to find friends and relatives in the midst of a zombie outbreak. Uh, uh, the general mix-up is pretty effective. However, part of me wishes uh, that the songs would have been more fun or tongue-in-cheek instead of straightforward popsy. Uh, most of them are, are played with a straight face, which I understand might have been intentional uh, for the sake of contrast. Uh, but I think they could have gotten away with more crazy lyrics. Uh, but anyway, another plus from the film are the characters. They are all very likable and easy to root for. There are also some good scares and some surprises and twists that I really didn't see coming. Uh, overall, I wouldn't say it's great, but it was still a fun film and, and a, a surprising film. An animated film. So this next one was a freebie, another animated film called A Turtle's Tale, Sammy's Adventure. Uh, I had already seen I Lost My Body for the animated film category, but this is one I saw with my kids. Uh, it's a Belgian-French production that I found while randomly browsing Prime or Tubi, uh, and it was uh, a mildly effective time killer. Uh, the film follows a turtle called Sammy as he hatches from his egg, and he ends up going around the world, meeting other animals, and having all sorts of adventures. Uh, the voice acting, which includes Anthony Anderson, Jenny McCarthy, and Tim Curry, uh, was solid, and so was the animation. The film had its moments, uh, but it was a bit overlong and it lacked uh, a proper climax. I felt that it fizzled towards the end instead, and even my kids sort of lost interest during the last 20-30 minutes or so. A film about marriage. 
Next category, a film about marriage, was in honor of Spouses Day, which was January 26th. And I thought there's a more conveniently titled film for this category than Marriage Story. Uh, the film follows a couple played by Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson as they go through the process of divorce. Uh, I felt it was a fairly accurate representation of it, as we see uh, both spouses and lawyers playing tug of war. Uh, the film has a bit of an odd, dark, humorish tone to it that might clash a bit with the subject matter, uh, with, with what's been treated here, uh, at least at first, but it mostly worked for me, mostly because of the performances. Uh, both Driver and Johansson were pretty good, but I really, really enjoyed more the performances from all the lawyers, uh, played by Alan Alda, Laura, Laura Dern, and Ray Liotta. All three were great, perfectly cast. Uh, there's a scene that, uh, that everybody talks about, uh, the climatic arguments scene between the couple, uh, but to be honest, I felt it to be a bit forced or staged, maybe just a bit. Uh, what really dropped the film home to me were the next two scenes, the karaoke scene and the reading of a letter towards the end. Uh, both those scenes were excellently carried by a driver, uh, so this was a really good one. Go see it. An action or adventure film. Okay, for this category, an action or adventure film, I saw Zack Snyder's Watchmen. And for this one, I might have to go back a bit just to put things in perspective. Uh, first of all, I'm neither a huge comic book fan nor a Zack Snyder fan, uh, which explains why I had never seen this one until now, uh, about two months two months ago uh, in December, an internet friend in encouraged me to read the comic book or graphic novel. And I absolutely loved it uh, to the point that I read it twice in two months. Uh, for those that are not familiar, the story is set in an alternate timeline, an alternate 1985, where superheroes have been banned and it follows a group of former heroes as they cope with the murder of one of them and the possibility that they all might be in danger. Uh, the thing uh, is that there's so much to it uh, that I would need an entire podcast to dig into, but it goes from the complexity of the characters to the depth of the story and the attention to detail and how the panels flow and how they are drawn. Uh, it, it was really an impressive read. However, uh, I had always heard that the film was polarizing, to say the least, so I was trying to keep my expectations in check. Uh, for the reasons I just said, I knew it would be impossible to emulate what the comic does on film. This is a story that was deemed unfilmable by many people, including Terry Gilliam. So I knew a relatively newcomer like Zack Snyder would have his hands full uh, with it. So I, I, I have three main problems with the film. Uh, first of all, as is expected, uh, there are so many themes, stories, subplots in the comic that the film can help but feel neutered. Uh, incomplete, incapable of carrying the whole story. Uh, however, I'm still willing to cut some slack to Snyder on that aspect because films are different and there have to be changes in the process of adapting. It doesn't matter if it's a book, a novel, or a comic. Uh, however, my second issue is that although it's obvious that Snyder appreciates the source material, uh, there seems to be a misunderstanding of the general themes and goals of the comic book, uh, where the comic book tries to deconstruct the traditional superhero by presenting the characters as flawed and even mentally unstable individuals. Snyder seems to be more interested in presenting them as uber-cool, kick-ass badasses. Uh, what mostly keeps the film together for me are some of the performances, uh, most notably Jackie Earl Haley as Rorschach. Uh, Haley was a fan of the novel and actively sought out the role, and despite the trappings that the script 
puts him in. He still maintains many of the nuances of the character. Uh, unfortunately, other members of the cast like Matthew Cook and Malin Ackerman, they are pretty bad. Uh, and this might be a result of my third and final issue, which is Snyder's attempt to emulate and recreate on screen exact panels of the comic book with exact pieces of dialogue picked from the novel, uh, but he does so at the expense of the performances and the overall flow of the story. As it is, the film feels somewhat lifeless and the performances lack uh, breathing room. Overall, if you're not familiar with the graphic novel, you might enjoy this more, but my advice would be to treat yourself to the novel first. Uh, if you're a fan of the novel, then this might just feel like an interesting and sometimes frustrating experiment and not much else. A film with Paul Newman. This category was in honor of Paul Newman, who was born on January 26. Uh, he's an actor that I pretty much liked or loved in everything I've seen, even though I haven't seen a lot. Uh, I chose The Verdict because it received critical acclaim back in the day and various Oscar, Oscar nominations, so it seemed like a sure shot. Uh, the film follows Newman as Frank Galvin, a down-and-out lawyer that decides to take a big case of malpractice against a Catholic hospital. Uh, even though he's an alcoholic and considered an ambulance chaser and at first he's more interested in the money, uh, he has a change of heart and ends up defending the case passionately. Uh, this is a David classic David against Goliath uh, premise. Uh, it's not groundbreaking, we've seen this done a thousand times, uh, but regardless of that, it usually lends itself for effective audience-pleasing results. Uh, this was no exception, it, it's an enjoyable film, it's a good film. Uh, still, I had some issues with it, most notably with how quick Galvin has his quote-unquote change of heart. Uh, there's also an important subplot with his girlfriend, played by Charlotte Rampling, that I don't think was effectively executed. Uh, still, like I said, I thought it was an enjoyable and solid film. A film from the 1001 movies you must see before you die list whose ranking includes the number one. Okay, to explain this category a bit, uh, the 1001 movies you must see before you die is a reference book or list created by Steven J. Schneider, and as the title says, it features 1001 movies he considers essentials for any cinephile or film fan. So at the beginning of the year, I took a snapshot of that list, and every month I'll go to it for certain films, certain criteria. Uh, this month I had to see a film whose ranking in the list had the number one, so it could have been number 12, number 100, number 300. 181, whatever. Uh, last year I did the same thing with the IMDb Top 250, and my idea to incorporate this bigger list was to have a, a more options to choose from. Uh, so what do I do? I rewatch a film I've seen several times. <laughs> but anyway, it was The Maltese Falcon, and I really hadn't seen it in more than 10, 15 years maybe. Uh, it follows uh, Sam Spade, excellently played by Humphrey Bogart, as a private investigator that finds himself in the middle of the hunt for the titular artifact, the mysterious Maltese Falcon. Uh, as I rewatched it, I was reminded of how excellent it is. I'm struggling to come up with films that have such uh, tight directing and pace, great performances, snappy dialogue, an effective atmosphere. Everything works here. Uh, Bogey is cool as ice. The sporting performances from Peter Lore, Sidney Greenstreet, Mary Astor, they're all great. Uh, but the dialogue, the delivery, that's what makes the film for me. Uh, it's such a fun watch. Seriously, this is a gem of a film, and I'm glad I need a rewatch to remember that. A film with the number one in its title. 
For this next category, a film with the number one in its title, I chose One Day in September, a documentary that follows the events prior, during, and after the 1972 Olympics in Munich, where a group of Palestinians took hostage and eventually murdered members of the Israeli delegation. This was also recommended by an online friend, Tacoma, so thanks. Uh, the documentary is nicely narrated by Michael Douglas and includes interviews and footage of law enforcement uh, dealing with the terrorists. It is one of those cases where, where you already know the outcome, but you can help but feel tense at first uh, and then angered at the poor preparation and poor decisions that the people in charge took. But it is, it is a very interesting watch, so I recommend it. A film from the Czech Republic. Next category was a film from the Czech Republic, a country that celebrated its independence in January 1. Uh, for this category, I chose The Protector. Uh, the film is set during the advent of World War II and follows journalist Emil, played by Marek Daniel, and Hannah, his Jewish wife, played by Jana Plotkova, who is an actress. Uh, as Nazi forces invade Czechoslovakia, Emil is forced to take drastic measures to protect his wife from the enemy uh, while trying to balance his sudden rise to fame within Nazi circles. Uh, the film is neatly acted and directed, but I had some issues with how the motivations of each character works. I think the film could have explored more of the psyche and emotions of both lead characters. Still, I say it's, it's definitely worth a watch. It's, it's a good film. The first best picture winner you haven't seen. For this next category, I went through the list of best picture winners, starting with Wings in 1927, and watched the first film from the list that I haven't seen. Uh, I've already seen uh, Wings, uh, Broadway Melody, and All Quiet on the Western Front, so it was 1931 Cimarron for me. Uh, the film follows Jan C. Kravat, uh, played by Richard Dix, a restless settler in 19th century USA, as he tries to abandon his past while trying to settle with his wife, played by Irene Dune and start a newspaper. Well, the film certainly has an epic scope and some great production values for the time being, but also feels a bit mendering as it moves through different episodes in the lives of the main characters. But my main gripe with it is that it, the film doesn't seem sure of what to make of the character Jensi or even of his wife. The story seems to jump back and forth between glamorizing the heroics of American settlers pushing west to presenting the harsh truths of their lives. Uh, unfortunately, the film rarely, if at all, stops to delve into the mind of Jensi, choosing instead to put him in a figurative and literal pedestal, and that's it. Uh, in addition, there are some pretty bad racist stereotypes in it that didn't really sit well with me. So it's not a, not a very good film. A film nominated for Best Picture Golden Globe this year. This category, a film nominated for the Best Picture Golden Globe this year, had a lot of good titles that I was looking forward to. I ended up choosing Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I have to say that although I wasn't sure what to make of it after I saw it, the more I think of it, the more I like it. Uh, the film follows the friendship of Rick Dalton, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, a middle-aged has-been star struggling to get work on TV, and his stunt double Cliff Booth, played by Brad Pitt. Uh, their jobs take them on a journey through 50s and 60s Hollywood, as we also see the decline of the Hollywood Golden Age with the advent of television. Uh, the story is intertwined with that of real-life actress uh, Sharon Tate, played by Margot Robbie, who, as most people would know, was the wife of director Roman Polanski until she was murdered by the Manson family. 
at first I found myself struggling a bit with the looseness of the plot. It might feel a bit mindering at first, but as time has passed and I feel the different pieces clicking, I have to say that it's pretty good. I really, really love this film. The film does a great job of subverting a lot of the tropes of Tarantino films uh, instead of blasting us with the ultra violence that we've come to expect from him and know him for the film feels more laid back and more relaxed uh, it really takes its time to 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 build things and it's more of a, a poignant look at this era uh, i really liked how tarantino builds the tension at various points but then pulls the rug from under us not giving us the spurts of violence we expect at the moments we expect it uh, that's the thing with the film the conflicts don't occur where we expect them to. Instead, uh, Tarantino focuses on the friendship of these two characters, both of which are neatly acted by Pete and DiCaprio. They're both really, really good. Uh, at the end, Tarantino uh, does gives us a burst of violence in the in the last act, but again, it is definitely not where we expected. And despite of how violent it is, the film still felt to me like one of the most earnest and one of the most charming films I've seen recently. Uh, certainly, the most among Tarantino's work. A film featuring a dragon. So the final category of film featuring a dragon is in honor of Appreciator Dragon Day, which was celebrated January 16. For this category, I chose How to Train Your Dragon. The film follows Hiccup, voiced by Jay Watershell, a teenage Viking that has to leverage his new friendship with an injured dragon with his village constant fight with his creatures. Uh, this is a film that escaped me back in 2010, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, gorgeous animation, great voice performances, and a pretty cool and moving story. Uh, it has great action set pieces, but they are very well balanced with a rather deep story. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, a story about prejudices and how we have to accept our, ourselves uh, the way we are instead of how others want, want us to be. Uh, my kids were also very, very into it. Uh, probably one of the best animated films I've seen recently. So very good. I've recommended. So that was all of my movie loot for the month. There really wasn't a bad film among those, although Cimarron got pretty close. But overall, I, I enjoyed all of the films to varying degrees. Not counting my rewatch of The Maltese Falcon, if I were to choose a favorite first watch, it would probably be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but uh, Buster Scruggs, I Lost My Body, uh, Mary Story, and How to Train Your Dragon were all pretty great movies. Uh, so that's all for the first episode of Thieves Monthly Movie Loot. Feel free to contact me and let me know what you think of the podcast or of any other films I talk about. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ThiefCGT, T-H-I-E-F-C-G-T, or on Letterboxd as Thief12. So, see ya!